0: Hello, listeners. Welcome to season two of the Masters Decoded podcast. I am Anis Merchant, the chief decoder. I want to thank you for the overwhelming response to season one. Your feedback and encouragement led me to bring you season two of the Masters Decoded. The season will tap into how technology, artificial intelligence, and other socio-economic factors have impacted my guests' careers or passions. My next guest on today's episode is Tarini Kaur Danga. Tarini is a high school girl, a venture capitalist, Forbes writer, TEDx speaker and woman empowerment champion. She is the youngest VC in the world. She is the founding and managing partner of a venture capital firm called Brave 14 Capital, where she has raised $870,000 in funding from top venture capitalists and institutional investors in the U.S. Without much further ado, let me get on with it. Hi, Tarini. Welcome to Masters Decoded podcast series, the season two. Really glad to have you.
1: Hi, Anis. Thank you so much for having me.
0: It's my pleasure uh, to have you. And when I looked up your profile, pretty intrigued. Uh, the profile and as well as some research done on you. You are the youngest venture capitalist in the... Uh, the West Coast, uh, which is, again, a very highly competitive space. Uh, So why being a venture capitalist and at that age?
1: So, you know, going back through my journey, um, well, when I was around 12 years old, I started, um, I co-founded an Instagram account called Classy Women. Where my okay. role was to, um, you know, my role was to give women career advice. Um, you know, mm-hmm. any advice that they really needed could be career advice, right to education, fighting gender discrimination, how to deal with domestic violence. Um, you know, it has now it has over a million followers on Instagram oh. and you know, spanning over ten countries: U.S., India, even Afghanistan, Malaysia, Bangladesh, uh, Pakistan. And you know, I've been doing this for years and. Um, you know, I think, you know, going through all these messages has really, you know, made me understand and empathize with a lot of women facing different issues around the world. And, um, you know, that's where I got interested in helping more women to mm. begin with. Um, and uh, concurrently during that time, I was also, I co-founded, a, well, I founded in a, a club at my school, an entrepreneurship club. This was back in middle school in eighth grade. Yeah. Um Yeah, at my previous school. And um, basically, I would just, um, you know, it was a group of around 25 students, basically, and, um, you know, I put them into different teams, created five startups, and they had different ideas, like a fingerprint lock for doors, an x-ray using phone, or, you know, a, um, you know, tourist local guide with a small budget, et cetera, different sort of issues, real life issues and how to solve them. So I provided them guidance on how to come up with an idea, how to prototype it, how to analyze the target market, how to pitch to VCs, you know, using Uber's um, previous, Uber's open uh, pitch deck. And, mm-hmm. you know, learnings from that chapter where, you know, children like the sort of curriculum-free learning and it unleashes their creativity and you can identify each person's strength and align their roles to that and children learn in a step-by-step process. I think, so seeing, um, you know, seeing children, um, well, young people being interested in the entrepreneurship space, that led me to writing my first book, the Young well, Aspiring Entrepreneur. Yeah, so it talks about all the age, social, and gender biases faced in becoming an entrepreneur, and it guides you on how to overcome them. And like I said, kids learn in a step-by-step process. So the book shows you mm-hmm. steps and problems you have to overcome to become an entrepreneur. Um, and, you know, it's gotten a lot of quotes and forward from Intel Capital um, Senior VP, Mr. Wendell Brooks, and um from one of my great mentors have given a lot of my great mentors have given quotes for that book Ray Lane the ex-CEO and president of Oracle um and the managing partner of Great Point Ventures the Stanford professor um Mr. Chuck Easley the mm-hmm. professor of entrepreneurship and um just a bunch of people who've really been great mentors and supported my journey um, you wow. know, then I came across a quote by Warren Buffet. I made my first investment at age eleven. I was wasting mm-hmm. my life up until then. So that's actually what inspired me to create my venture capital fund, you know. Um, so basically, um it was created to basically um invest in other startups who have a passionate okay. founding team and you know, helping people create technologies to be able to change the world and You know, the alarming statistic we've all seen in 2018, um, only Mm 2.2% of venture capital funding went towards women. You know, Mm -hmm. that alarming statistic really bothered me. And I was like, you know, I should really do something about it. Um, You know, since that more than 43% of publicly traded companies are venture capital back, venture capital has a huge impact, you know, Mm -hmm. on driving many people's lives and, you know, startups along with that the World Economic Forum, you know, they projected that at the current rate of progress it'll take 208 years to reach gender equality in the US. And hearing Melinda Gates, you know how she pledged a huge one billion dollars to further gender equality, right? And building power and influence of women across the United States in 2019. So, you know, hearing that um listening to her talks and hearing what she has done, that really inspired me, you know, I, I may have a small fund, but I definitely want to, you know, be a part of this. See, venture capital funds new ideas. So if you fund companies with women in C suite roles, you empower them to prove their strengths, show their capabilities, make their mark on the world and illuminate the path for other women. And um it's not just about investing in women, it's about investing in minorities and simply founders that are, you know, uh overlooked mm-hmm. and ignored entirely. And, you know, ones that actually believe in their product and believe in changing the
0: world. Wow, wow, wow. So much is happening in your world, which is pretty impressive at that age which you are, Uh Let's talk about the fundraising process. Uh, you know, it's not your money. You are basically asking somebody to trust your process your instinct, uh, as well as your company, that you'll be able to do justice to others' money. So how did that process go about who, uh, I'm sure you don't want to reveal who, but, uh, you know, how did you go about raising that fund? I believe you have a $1 million dollar goal for your fund, and you're pretty close to it. So how how did that process go about, of actually yes, raising um, the fund? Yeah, absolutely.
1: So- I've been attending a lot of conferences ever since, you know, I was in eighth grade at that time. So, you know, I've spoken at uh, TyCon, I've spoken at the Collision Conference, I've spoken at the Women's March, I've given a TEDx talk. And, you know, I love um, meeting more people, networking and simply hearing more people out. And um, with that being said, I've heard several no's. I've heard people look at me and be like, you're a child. I I don't know if I could trust you with that kind of money. And, you know, there are a lot of um, negative people that I've faced, but at the same time, I'm extremely grateful and honored to have LPs that I've um, found and LPs that believe in me and believe in the company and believe in what I'm doing. That really means a lot to me. I'm forever grateful for that. So I've been very fortunate in that sense that I've been able to find people, um, especially, like I said, uh, Ray Lane from, the um, the quote of the book has been a great mm-hmm. mentor as well um, Ashok Krishnamurthy he's also the managing partner of Great Point Ventures and he's been um, a phenomenal mentor as well and I'm very lucky to have um, found people that really believe in my voice my story and everything so I really appreciate that.
0: Being a in in the high school, correct me, that's where you are right now. How do you get time? Because education is important too. And uh, while you are setting up your fund and raising capital for it, it's tough uh, managing all of that. How do you go about, you know, manage different priorities?
1: Yeah, no, definitely. That's a great question. So yeah, I'm in 11th grade, which um, a lot of um, high schoolers in the U.S. know is a very crucial year with um, AP classes and SAT classes and everything. And um, I think the best answer I could give for that is time management. It's about um, using your time and allocating different. I give this, um, you know, I give this answer to a lot of women um, in my classroom account that ask me questions like, especially during COVID times, it's hard to manage your time and You know, you feel unmotivated. So I, um, yeah, I use this um, and I give this answer as well. So basically, um, it's about managing your time, allocating a certain amount of time to finish um, a certain task, um, certain work, um, and make sure to take breaks and, you know, Mm -hmm. stay, I guess, um, mentally stable at the same time. So it's just about that. and it's also about prioritizing. So, for example, if uh, next week if I have a math test, I'll focus on that. The week after I have to work on something related to my fund or classy women, I will make sure to finish that. It's just a game of that. Now, with that being said, nobody is perfect. I want everyone to know that, um you know it's really difficult to um, you know manage everything, something that most adults can't do as well. So I with that being it. said, yeah definitely so with that being said nobody is like a guru a great person at this but it does come with practice some days it's hard some days it's not hard but you have to keep remember you have to remember to keep you know pushing through um at the end of the day that's all
0: that's great uh some great advice to people like us who are grown-ups uh that's good to hear from you Tony, uh But I do see at that age also a lot of passion for artificial intelligence. You've been contributing a lot of articles on Forbes, uh, as well as you've been uh, featured in, as you said, in TEDx, where the center of topic is AI. Uh, How do you see AI? And is that going to be premise of companies you focus on while women leadership and entrepreneurship is going to be at the heart of it? Is there going to be a lot of tech, especially AI, be a center of focus in that?
1: Oh, definitely. Yeah, I mean, um, in all the startups that I'm looking to looking into, they're very tech focused, tech based. You know, a lot of my uh, sectors of interest, AI is definitely, um, you know, AI is definitely one of the most important ones um, in there. So, along with that, other than AI, I mean, I'm looking into um, any sort of technology based startups, cybersecurity, cloud native applications. Um, but AI definitely is ruling the world. It's everywhere, right? I mean, you know Facebook and Google already use AI a lot AI is like electricity it'll it's around yep. us it's everywhere and um you know AI can really you know there are a lot of good female founded startups and minority startups that have come across with AI um, you know, I can say that uh, AI is definitely one of the most important focuses that we all should be focusing on and thinking about how it can better help us, um, you mm-hmm. know, how it can better help our daily lives and fix a lot of problems, I think. You know, and it can uplift mankind you know, it can help students learn a concept better. There are various forms of AI and, you know, everything, yeah. um, tying it all together, you know, just it's an amazing tool that has to be utilized to its fullest.
0: But there is a lot of noise. There's a lot of smoke and mirrors also within the world of AI. Uh, I know you're still in the process of raising the fund for your own venture capital, but how do you judge the smoke and mirrors or the real true leverage of technology when you're evaluating or you're going to evaluate companies? Have you thought about that?
1: So um, your question is how I evaluate companies.
0: So. Uh, specifically when it comes to AI, because today there's a lot of smoke and mirrors when people say, oh, our product has AI or our product is an AI-led product. How how do you go about doing that?
1: Well, um, I guess uh, in your sense that I, I look at how much work the AI um, tool they really utilize, how much work the AI tool in their company really does. I think that's the core of the company in itself is a big important thing to look at, but along with those factors, um, you know, along with the revenue and all the, I guess, statistics and money-related factors, the most, one of the most important factors is also the founding team, you know, how diverse is the founding team. I take, there are many, um, I guess, factors that come into account when evaluating a startup, is even an AI startup, any startup for that matter. Um, you know, AI startups, you have to, I guess, um, look in another different angle altogether. I believe in the sense that you know you know like you have to kind of understand and utilize and understand the tool that they're using and how they're using AI to benefit their company and um you know driving revenue. however, um like I said, the other factors could you know are like the founding team, how strong is the founding team, how passionate is the founding team, their experience um with AI itself or the tool or in general? Mm-hmm. um and what value they're all adding and you know how they work together is also a um important thing to evaluate now going back to how i evaluate startups in general um this actually there's a formula i came up with while i was um while i was in the entrepreneurship club mm-hmm. so basically uh as i noticed um children um kids in general we want like a simple clear-cut formula and basically um as I as I wrote in my book, entrepreneurship score, I created a simple formula to measure entrepreneurship. Um, entrepreneurship score is equal to the wealth created times the impact times the customers times ethics. You know, wealth would just be the revenue. Impact is um, number of jobs. Customers would be you know number of customers. Ethics, diversity, pay gap, any allegation of discrimination. So I guess all those factors really come in together to um, evaluate a startup now with that being said um there's no quantitative well you can measure this quantitatively but i'd prefer not to i just take into these i, t- I take these factors into account you know okay. um all of these factors really come into account when evaluating startups
0: okay are there uh some companies you wish you would have invested earlier in them
1: yeah, um, so that's a good question actually. One of them is Andela. Um, Andela is this great company how um uh how they work. I've actually been able to interview um one of their key um uh, members, Christina Sass, at um one of my conferences. She's great. She's been a great mentor as well. Um so Andela, how the company works is um they it it's based in Africa, I believe, and um they train a lot of software engineers and computer scientists back in Africa, and um, since it's very much in demand, the software engineering field. Um, basically, how it works is they find jobs over here and uh, abroad in the states or anywhere else, and um, you know they take I believe 10% of their salary later on. But how I like it is because you know they're really creating an impact on the world and you know really helping people and it's just it's it's a phenomenal idea where it's both driving revenue and social impact at the same time and you know it's even SpaceX at an early stage is pretty game changing companies so yep. you know just um all of those companies would obviously be something that would have been under my interest for sure
0: That's great Let's talk a little bit about your personal life which is family uh How has family enabled or supported you on this journey?
1: Yeah, so both my parents were in the tech field. So when I was in first grade or so, I would hear in the dining table, all the talks um, about new companies, new startups, new technologies that are arising in Silicon Valley. And I would get very interested in them um, early on. So I think that itself has contributed a lot towards my entire journey yeah my family, my parents have been very supportive of everything. they've been um very um they've been very open minded and just um happy with what I do and they've just really helped um you know guide me in that sense and really kept me on track and I'm really grateful for that actually. yeah, along with that, my friends have also been very supportive, my best friends and everyone um and they've been very kind and motivating as well and You know, they were there, both of these people, my family and friends were there um, at the time when I was just a simple fifth grader with, um, you know, no basic, um, with no, um, I guess, with no fund, with no quasi women, no entrepreneurship club. So since then, when I had the idea, they were still with me and they really believed in me. And I think it was their love and support as well that has really, um, you know, uh, helped me become who I am today
0: as you embark on this journey of uh, making your program or making your dream come through which is through your fund uh, do you foresee your parents contributing to that when i say contributing not monetarily but uh, guiding or being part of that journey
1: um so yes and no so definitely it'd be, um, i take everybody's advice and opinions into account when evaluating startups, because I don't believe my opinion is the best or somebody else's opinion is the best. So I take a variety of opinions um, into account before investing in a startup. So definitely in that sense, I'll definitely ask them and not just them, I'll ask my LPs, my mentors and um, yeah, everybody else as well before investing in a startup to get a third opinion, another perspective, different views. Um, you know, I think in that sense, they've, um, you know, it's been really like that. It's been really good. And, you know, ever since I was a kid, my parents have been, you know, taking me to conferences like TyCon annually. So they've really been, um, I guess, a, um, you know, a guiding star in that sense um, ever since. So I I hope to continue to go to conferences uh, virtually as well this year. So they've always been guiding me, but I feel I have to make my mark in the investment world as well.
0: You've spoken a lot about mentors and a lot of people who have been mentoring you. Uh, What have you specifically looked at when you were looking at mentors?
1: Mm, Yeah, no, that's an interesting question. I think um, the main thing I would look at is, you know, aligned passion. Um, you know are they uh, do they really believe in what I'm doing and their vision as well um, is it I guess is it similar in the sense that do they really um, believe in um, do they yeah simply do they believe in everything that um, I believe in as well right whether it's um, you know, investing in female-founded startups or you know opinions on um, the tech gender gap etc and you know do they take kids seriously i think i've had a lot of these mentors early on and something i've really looked into is whether or not they take children seriously in the sense that they don't think oh it's just another kid let's let it go and i think the ones that really have have really been um you know great
0: supporters throughout the journey. what about women or girls like you who would love to start up their own vc farm? Uh, What would your advice be to them?
1: Well, one thing I would say is go for it. If it's something you really believe in and, um, you know, really think you can contribute to, I believe, you know, you should definitely believe in yourself. That's the first thing I would say. Second thing I would say is go to several conferences. You know, as a young person, um, you have a lot to value. You have a lot of opinions. Your opinion really does matter. It's unique. It's something that I think a teenager's opinion um, is something that I guess nobody else can have. So, um, you know, when you really do talk about, when you really attend conferences, really do talk to people and, um, you know, create a story of yourself and really voice why you want to do this. Whatever it is you're doing, whether it's venture capital, entrepreneurship, or whatever field, you should really um, have like a why, a reason as to what pushes you every day to, you know, do this. Mm -hmm. My mine is to help more female-founded startups and female founders and bend the tech gender gap. Um, What is your reason into joining venture capital? You know, just make sure to voice that and talk about it. And with that being said, you'll hear a lot of no's over the years, but uh, make sure to really stay true to yourself.
0: On that note, Tari, this has been a wonderful conversation to uh, have you on this show today. and thank you for talking your heart out. I could really feel that. Uh, you know, is there any parting thoughts which you would like to share with my listeners?
1: Sure, definitely. I think the main takeaways would be to believe in yourself. Um, you know, realize the importance that venture capital can have. So, if any teenagers or anybody at any age is really thinking about uh, venture capital as a career, really do think about it. You know, age doesn't really matter in venture capital and entrepreneurship. And venture capital has a tremendous social and economic impact. I suggest teenagers, especially girls, to consider it as a career option. And I think one of the most important things it is is, you know, it is very important to speak up and voice your story. I think those are, if there's something that um, people could remember from this talk, it would probably be those three things.
0: Cool. Tarani, thank you for taking time out. I'm not going to take much of your time because you're busy with your studies. I know it is spring break, but. It is also time for uh, recouping and understanding and planning your strategies on your fund. So thanks thanks a lot for taking our time and really appreciate uh, your thoughts and sharing your perspectives.
1: Thank you so much for the opportunity. And again, thank you so much for having me. And it's great that you're doing this. It's, it's a great passion project and I'm hoping it'll inspire a lot of people. And it's really great, honestly, that you're doing
0: this. It's amazing. It's, it's commendable. Thank you for those kind words, Tarani. Uh, you have a good day and stay safe.
1: Thank you so much. Have a good day.
0: Thank you for listening in. And we close yet another episode of Masters Decoded. If you've enjoyed the episode, please, you can help us out by sharing it on social media. I would personally appreciate that. It's how we can reach more listeners. And the more listeners we have, the more awesome guests I can get in touch and convince to participate in these conversations that are a joy to have for me and I hope they are a joy for you to listen as well. You can also help a lot leaving reviews on iTunes or your podcast service of choice. Reviews are surprisingly helpful in supporting the podcast to get to more listeners. If this episode has intrigued you, I would request you to subscribe to the podcast to stay up to date and get notified to the future episodes. With that, I bid you and see you in the next episode.